the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing. Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. I'm proud to have as my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest growing mortgage investment firms, uh, which, by the way, you are still growing. And uh, and fastly. And fastly. <laughs> <laughs> Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three gifts we're giving away this, uh, this time. We're actually still giving away the uh, tanning certificates. Um, and those are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with mm. two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Got to check out their anti-aging uh, booth. I got to check that out myself. Laser the wrinkles away. That's it. Exactly. Very good. Okay. And uh, the today's theme is celebrities before they made it big. Now, Mark, it's just you and me today. What are we going to talk about? Just you and me. You know, Edward, I love it when uh, every couple of months, uh, you know, it's just you and I, uh, no co-hosts, no guests. And I really love these shows because it's an opportunity for, you know, you and I to really drill down deep in real estate and mortgage investing. I get a chance to really kind of talk in detail about what we're doing at Pacific Private Money in terms of the loans that we're making, uh, you know, privately funded loans, and also get to talk about mortgage investing and specifically my favorite type of mortgage investing, which is investing in a mortgage pool fund, which I think for most investors today is probably the smarter direction to go because of the competition for quality uh, loans in um, in the private or, or hard money sector and we'll get into a little bit of detail today in that show uh, we've got a you know relatively short first uh, five minute segment here so we'll talk a little bit uh, uh, about uh, uh, questions that I'm, I'm constantly getting these days is you know what's happening in the real estate market are we in a bubble or are we at the peak are prices going to go down what's going to happen when prices go down yeah so we're gonna, that's the big you know, question what <laughs> happens what happens when prices go down what happens How are when you prices affected? go down yeah. well you know it's it's kind of funny um I do follow I do follow um, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, economic blogs, and uh, someone just uh, referred me to a couple of new ones that I hadn't heard of before. And I'm not going to you know promote any names here on the show today, anyway. But um, I have uh, read recent blog posts by three different uh, economists that uh, about the real estate industry. Two of them are California-based. One is more of a national base. And none of those... Oh, here's the other part that was two of the three had both accurately predicted the the demise, crash. the crash yeah. of the, uh, the uh, although I hate that term crash because, it, you know, the market, Correction. the, the real that? estate yeah. market corrected over three, almost four year period. There was no crash. That's it a just good point. Ca- it just 
when it started to go down after 2007, uh, it just kept going down. It yeah. just went deeper yeah, and longer than like anyone had ever really, saw before. Yeah. And that's actually a really important point yeah. um, that real estate markets don't crash. They just correct. And it's really about how much they correct and how long the correction Very lasts. Very good point. And two of these three uh, economists had both predicted uh, the real estate market correction. And one whose first name is Ivy, she's a woman, was, was uh, got called the name Poison Ivy and was belittled for making the prediction that uh, the real estate market uh, was due for a major correction. And anyway, all, all three of these uh, economists had uh, uh, are, are not seeing anything uh, on the horizons that would indicate that we're due for anything other than um, smaller year-over-year appreciation okay. rates flattening potentially in, in many markets. And, you know, in, and in terms of a correction... You know, we all know what happens to condos and townhouses. They tend to correct first yeah. and more than single-family homes. Yeah. And because of all the, the building that's going on in, in San Francisco in particular, we might end up seeing uh, some, you know, some downward uh, trending in the, in the condo prices. But we're just, you know, we're, we're in a situation in California where not only are we not for, for the past several years building homes uh, to sustain the influx and, and the continuing increase in the population, and yes, California's population is increasing, notwithstanding anything you're hearing uh, otherwise that they're all moving to Texas. That's just nonsense. Or Portland or Seattle. We have a net uh, in, uh, immigration into California. We're not building enough new homes, and the existing home stock is getting older. So yeah. what that is doing is people are moving into homes and then remodeling. So the remodeling industry is on fire gotcha. right now. So there's a yeah. lot of uh, underlying support for the real estate uh, industry and the real estate economy going forward. So so I'm just I do not see it, and the people that I'm reading whose opinions that I respect are not calling for it. In fact, what's happening now is that people are going, they're hedging. They're saying, well, we don't see a recession or a real estate recession or a real estate correction in 2017, and we don't see it in 2018, but maybe 2019. Cause, well, that's so far you know, away. Two though. years, two to three years out, it's yeah. easy to say then, but, but the next 24 months certainly don't look like we're in for any surprises. You know, and, you know, of course, unless something extremely major happens elsewhere in the world uh, uh, or some... Uh, some event that's unexpected, uh, um, notwithstanding. But generally speaking, the real estate market looks to continue to be strong, certainly not accelerating at the same pace it did before. But real estate and real estate-based investments, which is what we're going to talk about in today's show, look, uh, at least in our opinion, to be strong going forward into 2017 and 2018. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking when you mentioned about the condo market, and I was thinking of San Francisco and specifically the millennial tower, yeah. the you know leaning tower, so to speak. Articles yeah. every week about that. Yeah. Not good. And the th- and I'm wondering, okay, so if some of these townhouses or are, are, are condos are plummeting, let's say, because of that, you know, you have to kind of look at the mean, median and mode, mode right, right, right. Those, you know, to, because you know a condo that was two million that goes for a million could skew things if you don't look at it, you know, in comparison. You to do, other you condos. have right, and and that's actually correct. It's a there's a significant enough 
opportunity there for a price drop that actually could statistically sway uh, the, you know, San Francisco condo uh, price statistics. You've got to watch out for that. What's yeah. the story behind the story? All right. So we're going to cut to our first commercial break. Before we do, want to make a little mention here for sailing the San Francisco Bay aboard a luxury tall ship with a professional captain and crew. All sails depart from lovely downtown Sausalito. And you do this on the San Francisco Bay. What does it have to offer? On the schooner, Frida B. So check them out at www.schoonerfridab.com or call 415-331-0444. they got some very interesting uh, sales going on, moonlight sales and all that kind of fun stuff. Love moonlight sales. Yeah, those are great. Okay. So here's our first trivia question about uh, celebrities before they made it big. Hmm. Before this man made it big, he had a small part as Chip Diller in the 1978 movie Animal House, then as Jack in the 1980 movie Friday the 13th. He, sh- he showed why s- smoking in bed is very bad for his throat. In Apollo 13 in 1995, he and two friends had a problem. Who is this guy? All right, don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. You got to call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. First person with the correct answer is going to win the free tanning certificate. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money. Our first trivia question was celebrities before they made it big. Before this man made it big, he had a small part as Chip Diller in the 1978 movie Animal House, then as Jack in the 1980 movie Friday the 13th, where he showed why smoking in bed is not is very bad for your throat. And in Apollo 13, he and two friends had a problem. Who was this guy? The only one I can think about is Tom Hanks. No, uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, right. You remember that? Right. It's a very small part in uh, uh, the 1978 uh, Animal House. Okay, so Mark, it's just mono e mono here. Yeah, today. we were talking about in the first segment uh, the, the you know the state of the real estate industry as I study it and, and as I read and listen to um, experts in the industry who who really don't believe that we're due for a major correction and we're certainly not in a bubble. Uh, because prices are appreciating largely due to affordability, meaning uh, cheap money, uh, not necessarily affordability in pricing, but uh, but the, the low interest rates and mortgages, and the fact that they're just not building enough homes, so there's demand. demand r- demand is pushing up pricing, so it's the whole supply and demand curve. But uh, what I want to talk a little, a little about more in this segment is um, how companies like, uh, like ours, Pacific Private Money, uh, and which are alternative real estate funding sources. Uh, back in the day, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we were all referred to as hard money lenders. Last 10 years, uh, companies that uh, are new, like Pacific Private Money since 2008, many of, them, uh, many of us refer to uh, ourselves as private money lenders, mm-hmm. kind of the softer, uh, easier uh, um, naming. And we're really not like those uh, hard money lenders of yore. Um, it's funny, I still run into real estate professionals every day who say, oh, yeah, I know what you guys do, hard money. You guys make uh, seconds to people who are in financial distress. And my response to that is, uh, no, that's not correct at all. We 
do make seconds, but that's only a small percentage of our overall volume. Most of the loans we make are purchase money loans, purchase money yep. first position loans. Um, and we don't make loans to buyers in distress. We usually make them to, uh, because the deal, either the property is in distress or the deal, the transaction itself is in distress. Distress meaning it was supposed to close last week, but the uh, bank financing hasn't come through yet. And that is a growing uh, dilemma for many people who are buying real estate today. The other dilemma for people buying real estate today is if you need to use bank financing, you might find uh, that you're trying to buy in a market space where cash buyers continue to get the deals because they can close more quickly. In fact, I've got real estate for sale right now in Oakland myself because I like to buy fix and flip real estate with some of my clients uh, alongside with some of my clients. I'm an equity partner with uh, with several um, flippers and we love it when a cash buyer comes in, a 21 day close, boom, you know, those are always my preferred versus a 45, 30 to 45 day escrow with a loan contingency. Right, with loan yeah. contingency because yeah. again, I, I'm, I might feel for the applicant, hey, first time home buyer, but mm. I, you know, look, you know, this is a business and, and I got to fall through. I got to move this yeah. property. So, yeah. um, so companies like Pacific Private Money are in business today to provide funding for those real estate transactions where bank financing either can't operate quickly enough thanks to 30 to 45 day average closing times today with bank financing or um, they're trying to compete with cash buyers or they're buying property that simply isn't bank financeable and I will tell you right now that uh, most people buying fixing and flipping property already know this most banks and conventional lenders don't want to make loans to flippers yeah they don't like to make short-term loans Many flippers, due to the nature of their income, don't qualify. Many of them have credit that's just, they don't have high credit scores, largely because of the, just the nature of the people who uh, oftentimes are in the business of real estate flipping. They've, they've got a history, and maybe they didn't fare well in the last turndown. So they may have a foreclosure or a short sale uh, that has uh, skewed their, their scores. So there's a lot of reasons why people come to companies like Pacific Private Money to, um, to borrow money. So uh, nobody comes to get a loan from us uh, because of our rates and our fee structure when they can get bank financing. So it's really, you know, we're a plan B when plan A fails. Except, I'll I'll throw an exception in there. There are some borrowers who get so frustrated with banks and the paperwork. That's that's actually true. That's that's not an untrue statement. It's just every once in a while, it's just like, you know what? It's going to cost me a couple of points more. It's going to cost me a few interest rate points, you know, a few percentage points excuse me percentages and in interest yeah but the hassle factor is even though they might have all the time in the world to get a loan it's just so much easier sometimes that's actually true we yeah. do have some repeat clients that say look yeah i could go to the bank but you guys are just so much easier to deal with and you know we're double the price of of bank financing but a lot of our clients who use us don't intend to have the loan for long. Yeah, and they so might they, want to sell it. Right, so the they, property, yeah. they bake in the the cost of the financing into, you know, the real estate strategy. So, yeah. um, so unlike 
hard money lenders of 20 years ago who were making a lot of seconds or when they were making first position loans, they were largely development or mm-hmm. um, distressed borrower situations. Uh, unlike that, today we uh, many of my borrowers have high credit scores. So I just uh, had a meeting with a potential investor in our company this week, and he peppered me with uh, many questions, including one about you know credit scores. Tell me about the credit scores of the people you loan to, because his assumption was we make loans to people with bad credit. And so I showed him some files where we had, um, of course, I had to hide the names because sure. this is privacy issues. But, you know, we have done more loans to people with credit scores over 800 in 2016 because they were in a transaction that uh, all of a sudden was getting held up. In fact, most recently, you know, I, I shared this as the deal of the week last week, we did a transaction for a family that was paying, uh, and this was a wealthy family with good income, although it was self-employment income, which was yeah. one of the factors why their bank financing was getting yeah. stalled, um, but they had high credit scores in the 800, and they were buying a $4.4 million property with one point four million dollars down and they were getting a three million dollar loan well they had already gone through two extensions from the seller the seller refused to grant a third extension and their deposit money the hundred and thirty thousand dollars they put down as a non-refundable deposit the the seller was going to keep it he said if you can't close by friday i'm selling it to the backup um uh, buyer mm-hmm. uh, that was still interested in the property, and I'm, I'm going to keep your deposit. And so they were they were frantic. They not only not only didn't want to lose one hundred thirty thousand dollars, they wanted the property. The property yeah. So we were able within in seven business days, we were able to close a three million dollar loan for that person. And that's just one example of dozens and dozens of loans that we've done at Pacific Private Money this year. We were either a realtor or a mortgage broker called us with a client that was in a situation of some form of, of transactional distress, yeah. uh, not credit distress. No, that, or, that, your yeah. deal of the week example is yeah. perfect. That was 68% loan to value. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. absolutely amazing. So, so that's the type of, of, of transactions, really, really strong transactions. And so when we come back, I'm, I'm going to kind of transition from uh, you know the types of loans we're making to the types of yields that our mortgage pool fund at Pacific Private Money is providing as it is making these types of loans to very strong buyers on beautiful properties here in the Bay Area. Yeah, because you're not going to want to miss this because Mark's going to talk about how his fund is earning very, very close to 8%. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, quick mention here for the seahorseranch.org. Have you ever been horseback riding in Half Moon Bay on the beach? On a seahorse? On a seahorse, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that's the name of the ranch. Okay. Uh, I got to go see our friend Willa at uh, the in Half Moon Bay. Uh, did this once before, and it's a fantastic ride. You get you actually ride the horses on the beach. Uh, seahorseranch.org. Call 650-726-9903. All right, second trivia question. Celebrities before they made it big. Before she made it big, this woman played a small role as a hitchhiker robber in the 1977 movie One-on-One with Robbie Benson, which I've seen, and it's hard to find that movie. Hmm. Later, she gave up her wild ways and uh, figured out that life as a, quote, working girl would be more promising. Who is this woman? Call 888-912-1190. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. 
Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honfa, Pacific Private Money. Uh, before she made it big, this woman played a small role as a hitchhiker robber in the 1977 movie One on One with Robbie Benson. Later, she um, gave up her wild ways and figured out that life as a, quote, working girl would be more promising. Who is this woman? Mm, Draw a blank. Melanie Griffith. Oh, Melanie. Melanie Griffith. Okay. So, Mark, we uh, teased the audience about uh, how they could earn mucho dinero uh, in your fund. Explain more about that. So, private lending brokerages like Pacific Private Money are in the business to serve that growing segment of the marketplace that uh, can't get bank financing. Either it's fallen through or the speed of the transaction precludes them from using conventional means. And they come to a company like Pacific Private Money for our fast, reliable, hey, and friendly. <laughs> we may charge a lot, but at least we make it uh, we make it a painless process. Um, you know, in our, in our loans, we didn't get a chance to talk about the, the price of one of our um, privately funded loans, uh, but they average between 9 and 10%, uh, depending on the loan to value and the kind of the metrics of the deal, the borrower, how strong they are, you know, how long do they need the money, where's the property at. So we, we, we're very holistic in the way we look at these uh, loan applications. We're basically looking at the borrower variables and the property variables and the transaction variables, and we kind of make an assessment. But, you know, generally speaking, uh, our average loan rates are between 9 and 10%, and again, people don't usually hold our loans very long. We're in the short-term lending business. Very few of our loans uh, 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 go longer than 12 months. Uh, and then there's you know fees. There's a couple of points because that's generally how brokers make their money is on the origination fees and the junk fees. And, and the lenders, the members of our fund or the individuals who fund our loans, they're the ones who are the beneficiaries of the lion's share of that 9 or 10% note rate. And so let's talk a little bit about those people who provide the capital that we use to make the loans at Pacific Private Money. So we do, uh, we, we um, allow two types of mortgage investing at Pacific Private Money. We do work with certain high net worth individuals who are uh, uh, who are experienced at investing in real estate secured notes. They it's, sometimes it's called trustee investing. Uh, that's a very common uh, California uh, term for investing in real estate secured notes. Trustee investing. Uh, if you're an experienced trustee investor and you're looking for some additional uh, uh, investing uh, opportunities, uh, feel free to give us a, a jingle at Pacific Private Money. We're always adding to our list. But you got to be experienced. We're not working with inexperienced uh, note investors. Uh, the reason for that is just that the speed at, at which we have to uh, get these deals um, underwritten, uh, get funding commitments, drop the loan docs, and, and close. I mean, speed is is one of the reasons why we exist. That that need for speed is, is a service we provide. The second way, and, and the growing uh, uh, in popularity way to participate in mortgage investing and get yields uh, between 7 and 8.5% on average in California is to invest in a mortgage pool fund. And so at Pacific Private Money, for the last three and a half years, we have had the Pacific Private Money Fund. All it does is invest in local mortgages that we originate at, uh, at Pacific Private Money. And uh, last year, in 2015, we had a distributed yield to our shareholders of 8.2%. Now, in 2016, that that 
rate has trended down a little bit. We're at about 7.9% on a distributed annualized yield. And that's really because there's been a little bit more competition. Rates have gone down a little bit. But also, we've just decided internally that you know we've seen such high-quality deal flow come to us uh, at Pacific Private Money, thanks to our marketing efforts with mortgage brokers and realtors. Mm-hmm. We've just we've lowered our rates a, a tad you know, to accommodate... Um, higher net worth, higher credit score investors who, you know, quite frankly, were sticker shocked when we started quoting them 9.9%. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a shock from, you know, three and a half percent, four percent mortgage rates. But again, you know, we're, we're um, you know, that's not our money. It's our client money. It's our investor money. And that's the, you know, the average uh, yield paid out in, in California. So you kind of have to serve the marketplace. So um, so at Pacific Private Money, the, the, the fund is paying. Uh, and again, it's that's the distributed yield. That's net of all fees. So I had a lengthy conversation this week with, with a potential investor in our fund. And, and that person must have asked me four different ways. So... Um, uh, you know, is that you know, is that before or after marketing fees? Is that before or after the manager fees? Yeah. Is that before or after you know X Y Z fees? And is it really, say, really, really net? It's the net, net, net to you. It's it's you know, we've got you know, there's the income to the fund, which is the note rate plus a portion of the origination fees get thrown in, and then the way the money is distributed is we first pay the expenses, then we pay the manager fee. We don't pay any overhead or marketing fees. That's borne by the brokerage company, not the fund. Uh, so then, then the preferred return of seven percent uh, gets paid out to the fund members, and then whatever's left over, and there's always something left over, or always has been something left over uh, so far in the life of the fund, that gets split 50-50 between the management company and um, the manager and the shareholders. And so uh, so thus far in the 40 months that we have been, uh, that the fund's been in existence, not Pacific Private Money, we've been in in business for um, eight years now. Uh, but the fund's been in business for a little over three years, and we have um, been paying out monthly uh, at a rate that approximates, uh, uh, well, now just under 8%. Uh, during the life of the fund, it's been a little bit over over 8%. That, that's on a monthly distribution, though, but uh, you have the ability in the fund to reinvest. That's one of the – there's a number of benefits uh, to investing in a fund versus investing in an individual note. And uh, some of those benefits are as follows. One is, as Edward pointed out, um, if you want to invest money from your IRA and you don't need the – you're not taking distributions yet, you can allow the uh, the dividends that we pay to um, to compound. You, you can uh, buy more shares uh, uh, each month. And so the compounded yield in 2015 was close to 8.6. So there's uh, – those 12 compounding periods actually do boost uh, your rate up anywhere from a quarter to uh, a third of a, of a percentage point. Um, I mean, just, just the difference between the distributed and compounded yield is more than you can make in a money market <laughs> account right now and yeah, from many true. banks. Um, one of the other invest, uh, uh, benefits are you can invest um, whenever you want. You can add to your investment. You don't have to worry about early payoffs. Uh, that's another thing that's, uh, uh, you know, in, in today's world of uh, privately funded loans, um, gosh, a lot of our loans pay off 
between four, six, or, or maybe uh, maybe eight months, but uh, four to six months is not unusual. So you go through all the trouble to invest in a note, and then you get your money back, and it's sitting back in cash again. Okay, so for the audience, let's say, who wants to call you now then um, leave a message because you're not there at the office at this very moment. It's but, Saturday, right. Yeah, but give, uh, let, let, give out your information, and then when we come back, we'll talk more about it. Well, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. That's, of course, is our website, PacificPrivateMoney.com. That's where our contact information is. You can send us an email. Phone numbers on there too. Our bios of, of the company team members, everything's there. We're very we try to be very transparent at uh, at Pacific Private Money. Uh, phone number four one five eight eight three two one five zero. Again four one five eight eight three twenty one fifty. If, if you want to dial it up right now and leave a message, we'll get back with you and send you a package on how you can earn uh, as much as eight uh, percent, sometimes more. Uh, on your savings or retirement accounts through the Pacific Private Money Fund. And when we come back, we'll talk about the risks and foreclosure potentials Absolutely. and that sort of thing. Okay. So you're not going to want to miss that. All right. Quick mention here uh, for the Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. 360 degree views that are out of this world. you got to oh, check yeah. them out. Um, it's that the Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square. I've been there. Food is excellent and views are unsurpassed. Okay, last trivia question here for today is before this guy made it big, he played a high school football player named Charles Jefferson in the 1982 movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's a fun one. Uh, he's done many movies since then, and he's uh, won an Oscar in, his 2007, uh, in 2007 for Best Actor. Who is this guy? Again, call 888-912-1190. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf. Uh, before this guy made it big, he played high school, a high school football player named Charles Jefferson in the 1982 movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and he's done many movies since then and won an Oscar in, 19, in 2007 for Best Actor, which was The Last King of Scotland, if you remember. Who was oh. this actor? Well, I love that movie, but yeah. I don't remember who this actor Forrest was. Wick, Forrest oh, Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, remember? of course. Okay. So, Mark, we, we got an email mm-hmm. for you, and uh, it kind of leads into what I uh, teased the audience with about uh, talk about, let's talk about the risks and foreclosure. Sure. So, uh, this this email comes in, it says, if the loans you make are usually below 70%, because that's about what you've been saying on the air, mm-hmm. wouldn't foreclosing actually be a good thing for your investors? Well, um, technically, yes, foreclosure would be a good thing, assuming that we did our homework correctly and that we stuck by our um, general underwriting guidelines, which is that we tend to make loans no higher than either 70% of the purchase price or 70% of the current market value, because sometimes people bring us deals that are off market and below market priced. So if we do that and we make a loan and the borrower doesn't pay, absolutely, if we foreclose, we could sell that property potentially for a profit. Now, that assumes that when it goes to auction, somebody else doesn't buy it and just pay off our loan, which would be pay off the loan, pay off all accrued interest, pay off the default rate of, at, at the default rate of interest, assuming that we're allowed uh, to have one on that type of loan, because some loans you can't charge a default rate of interest. Yeah, uh, like all, the all, personal all the, residences. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. That's, that's now... And by um, the way, what are those... De- 
what would the default interest rate be on a on a business loan? Well, on a business typical purpose. fix and flip loan or business purpose or investment purpose loan, our, our current uh, loan documents provide for a 5% uh, default rate of interest differential. So if the loan rate's 10% and it goes into default, the default rate that it begins to accrue at uh, from the point of default would be 15%. Holy smokes. Okay. Plus the 10% late charge that yeah. we charge. Again, on investment loans, it's it's. Four percent on on a consumer loan, and again, all those little nuances get. But but getting back to the question yeah. of foreclosure, would it be good? It, it potentially would be good, but I will tell you that our default experience at Pacific Private Money is ridiculously low. It's actually less than the industry average for mortgage defaults. So we've done. Well, I'm going to guess why. We've done because a, your loan to values are fairly low. Nobody wants to lose their property. Well, if, although even though, so we were making loans in 2008, 2009, 2010, and the market was still correcting. It was yeah. still going down, and uh, and yet most of the loans we made were paid back successfully, and and uh, the 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 flippers for the most part were making money. But we actually did have several foreclosures early on in the in the history of, of Pacific Private Money. But but our uh, investors in those loans who who actually foreclosed on those on those bar they they all made money. They were all better off. In fact, some of them still are holding the properties today because they were good income properties. But we have had less than 10 foreclosures out of 1,200 loans uh, that we've done uh, total at Pacific Private Money that we've originated in-house with private capital. Um, and then in the fund, we've done about 150 loans uh, in the life of uh, the Pacific Private Money Fund, of which we have still 70 uh, loans are in the portfolio today. We foreclosed on two loans. Both of them were uh, flippers uh, okay. who got in trouble. One had uh, flipped too many properties at the same time and, and uh, couldn't keep up with the payments, and, and we ended up foreclosing on that property. The other one was a similar story. Uh, we're making a really nice profit on one. The other one um, we're marketing right now, but one we, we, we uh, took back and uh, did a major remodel. The costs were advanced by the brokerage, uh, not the fund. And so that one uh, is soon to be in contract. We're entertaining multiple offers on that right now. That uh, would be a nice profit to the fund. So, but here's the thing: we don't like to foreclose. So we're really, you know, again, we have two clients that we serve. We serve our investor clients and our borrower clients. Now, um, truth be told, um, you know. Uh, I weigh more heavily in favor of our investor clients. I feel my fiduciary responsibility is first to those providing the capital, yep. uh, but second, I do have a feel and obligation to our borrower clients to help them get out of a jam when they're in a jam. So we don't just automatically after you know, two missed payments, file a notice of default. Uh, you know, we're in communication with them. We're in communication, uh, you know, if it's an individual investor in that note, we're in communication with that investor to see if he wants to uh, uh, entertain this, you know, whatever the story is behind the borrower. So, you know, we tend to, uh, you know, we have a, a reputation for working with our with our borrower partners uh, and to, to make sure that, uh, you know, we give them every opportunity to correct whatever problem they've come up with uh, and help them work out a solution. So we're not in the foreclosure business. We're not a loan-to-own company. There are companies in the Bay Area that are. There are companies in the Bay Area that will make anybody a loan under just about any circumstance, a real estate-secured loan. Yeah. And those same companies have 30, 40, 50 
foreclosures going on at any given time in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. They're just, you know, hey, we'll make you the loan. You tell us you need the money. We'll, we'll paper it properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if you miss a payment, boom, we're filing foreclosure and you're out of luck. And it's really unfortunate. I don't, uh, I don't subscribe to that business model. That's not what we're it's not the model we're in. But uh, so while we're kind of uh, talking about risks, so, you know, one of the conversations I always have with potential investors is, you know, so what are the risks of investing Fair in, question. in the Pacific Private Money Fund? Okay, well, you know, Mark, your fund has only been in existence for three and a half years, and True. your company has been in existence for eight years since 2008, but you really haven't gone through a real estate cycle. You know, what's going to happen when the next real estate cycle hits and real estate prices go down? How's that going to impact um, the fund specifically? And, and the answer to that is great question. So we make short term loans at Pacific Private Money. Now, in the 70 loan portfolio of the fund right now, we do have some 24 and 36 month loans, but those are just that is the uh, not the norm. That is, there's probably four or five uh, very well secured uh, properties that uh, we've granted a longer term because that particular borrower was not going to be able to get bank financing due to the nature of their credit. But the collateral was strong, cash flow. These are all investment properties. Uh, we're generally not making long term loans on residential properties on a primary residence because again we don't really we're not really in the in the business of making 10% loans to someone's primary residence we'll make them when they're going to get conventional financing to to take us out um uh so because the the average uh payoff in in loans that we make out of our fund is less than a year how much is real estate going to decline on average in a real estate cycle in a 12 month period 15% I don't even know that it's ever gone down that, that much, much yeah. in a 12-month period. I mean, th- yeah. that's, that's you know, 5 to 10% would be a lot. Correct. So if we're lending at 70%, and oftentimes we're lending at less, because the weighted average loan-to-value in our portfolio right now is 55%. Uh, we've got a combination of loans with LTVs as low as 25 30%, and then we've got as high as 70%. Um, but... If the market corrects ten uh, percent uh, or fifteen percent within a twelve month period, and we've got uh, loans that are outstanding that need to be paid back, uh, we're still well, well protected. Mm-hmm. The, the borrower yeah. might be disappointed because maybe they're sure. not going to make as much money if their exit strategy was to sell the uh, maybe an investment to sell. Uh-huh. But if it's a um, a borrower we helped buy that property and they bought it at the top of the market, now they're going to conventionally refinance. Well, they can still get an eighty percent or even higher uh, refinance loan and pay us off. Uh, or they, sell the property. Or sell the yeah. property if they had to. So again, I don't. You know, a correction in the real estate market is not necessarily going to be the risk that one would need to worry about. And when we get back, um, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up the show, we can talk a little bit more about some of the other risks that uh, people often will um, ask about. Excellent. Uh, but but by and large, um, when you get a chance to to look closely at the Pacific Private Money Fund and get a chance to meet with us and talk with us at length, uh, we'd like to share share with you all the safety and security features that we've built into the fund to ensure that capital preservation is our number one goal. That's Don't lose my money. That's the important thing. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to cut to our last commercial break. And I uh, just want to make a quick mention. Uh, paintball. Excellent uh, choice for uh, Christmas presents. Check on our website, bestofinvesting.com. Click on the paintball 
uh, icon. You'll see exactly what we mean. And don't forget those Tanbella certificates. You can always check out tanbella.com. See all the services they have. Don't touch that dial. The best to invest. You'll be right back with some closing comments. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff of Pacific Private Money. Mark, uh, tell us more about the risks. So we've been talking about real estate. We've been talking about companies like Pacific Private Money that are uh, private money lenders, hard money lenders, whatever you want to call us, alternative sources for real estate financing. We've talked a little bit about our mortgage pool fund, uh, the Pacific Private Money Fund. One thing I uh, forgot to mention at the beginning is that past performance is not a promise of future results. So even though we've been paying um, pretty religiously uh, uh, right around 8%, uh, that's not a promise that it will always happen that way. But we believe, based on where we see the, the strength of the real estate market, the types of loan demand we have, and the continuing demand that we foresee thanks to new regulations like Dodd-Frank, we are fairly confident that we are going to continue to provide um, extremely strong yields uh, above uh, 7% and, and uh, at or near 8% uh, with safety and security features that you're just not going to find in other investment opportunities. And look, you know, we all like to invest in the stock market. Stock market historically has done very well, although it, you know, it does cycle like everything else. But I got to tell you, I'm nervous about the stock market, as are a lot of my investors uh, uh, who are increasing their accounts with uh, Pacific Private Money because they're reading articles and hearing stories about predictions that over the next five to ten years the um, the expected returns on um, the stock market, particularly uh, uh, indexed uh, funds, um, is likely to underperform our you know prior expectations. In fact, we shared an article last week where it said that uh, uh, the likelihood of making 5% uh, uh, annualized return over the next 10 years in the stock market is looking pretty slim. Now, again, that's that's the opinion of Bloomberg and, and uh, one of their writers, not necessarily everyone's opinion. But uh, but let's talk about, you know, uh, you know, some of the other risks that sometimes people ask me about. Well, they, they ask me about things like, well, you know, what if I need my money back? It's not a liquid investment. Well, you know, we, we've designed the fund uh, to be a source of short-term financing options for people. And so since we're always getting payoffs on a fairly regular basis and we're continually in fundraising mode, we're at $21 million right now in the fund. We're looking to grow it to 50 And at any given time, we typically have close to a million dollars cash in the fund. So we are redeeming uh, people who have been in the fund for several years and, and oftentimes need to make a partial redemption. That's not been a problem for us. Now, of course, um, should there be some you know, horrific uh, economic or world event and, and uh, there's a so-called run on the bank, well, of course, we are an illiquid asset. We can't uh, automatically convert those loans into cash. So, you know, that is one of the risks that you have to factor in. But again, you know, the, generally speaking, you're not going to find uh, 7 to 8% yield opportunities uh, in a liquid investment. No, but here's the other thing, though. Your documents say that when um, a loan gets paid off, before you make a new loan, yep. you have to first see if anybody wants to get you out. You have to honor redemption request. Yeah. That's true. So that actually can produce a lot of liquidity because you're constantly getting paid off on loans. Right. 
What kind of oversight do you have in the fund is a lot of questions we ask. Well, we have a third-party fund manager. This is a company that manages 40 other funds in addition to the Pacific Private Money Fund, and money cannot go in or out of the fund operating accounts, which are held at Wells Fargo Bank. Uh, without uh, uh, w- Within 24 hours, we need to tell them what that money was for, what was the money that was deposited, or what was the money that was taken out. And the fund is annually audited by a CPA firm that specializes in fund audits. So, uh, And those audits are available for your review, and the monthly financial statements are available for your review. So, uh, again, we're very transparent in the loans that we make, the people we make the loans to, where the properties are located. You can get a list of loans that includes all of that information at any time if you're a member of the fund. So, again, transparency is something we, we place a high value on. And, uh, and again, you can come visit our office and come <laughs> look at the files that we're underwriting and talk to us about the loans we make. We've got a great team at Pacific Private Money. Um, our two underwriters have a combined experience of over 60 years of conventional loan underwriting, and now they work for uh, us doing uh, alternative financing. So for more information, more information, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. We're about to launch our brand new updated website. You'll see that soon. Or call us, 415 415- Eight eight three twenty one fifty. All right, we got to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts for the day. Now, in my day, we didn't have held handheld calculators. We had to do addition on our fingers, and to subtract, we had to have some fingers amputated. Trusty abacus. That's it. <laughs> Excuse my naivete. I was born at an early age. All right, tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.